Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Well, hey, we are excited that you're with us. If you're online or here in this place, thank you for being with us today. We're going to wrap up our series, Skipping the Small Talk. And uh, I want to talk to you about this big idea. You can find it in your notes. Maybe follow along online as this. Support is key to what God has called you to do. Support is key to what God has called you to do. Um, I, before we march on, I wanted to put you in two, I want you to place yourself in two positions. The first one is this. You need to be a person who needs support. You need to be a person who needs support. We all need at some point or another some support in our life. Um, for instance, my Cincinnati Bengals, we won. The Green Bay Packers, they didn't. Now let me bring some clarity for us. Bengals fan, Pastor Goss, Packers fan. Guess who needs support today? Pastor Goss. So make sure you give him some love today and say go who day. You know what I'm saying? But hey, okay, that wasn't in the notes. It just, I mean, God orchestrated all this. Like, yeah. So Ecclesiastes 4.12 says this, by yourself you're unprotected. With a friend you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. Proverbs 27.17, you've probably heard this in some fashion or another, is this, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So we need to be in those positions of we are people who need support. The other place that we can find ourselves is, is this. We're someone who needs to give support. A lot of you in this room have been faithful to your journey, have been faithful to the call of God on your life, but now God is positioning you in a place to pour that back into somebody else. So I want to encourage you, no matter where you're at, no matter how long you've been on the faith journey, are you giving support to someone else? 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, so encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing, the Apostle Paul writes. 2 Peter 3.18, as the Apostle Peter is concluding his letter to this church, he says this, rather you must grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. Amen. It's this understanding of being of stature, of wisdom, of growing in your faith. So my question for you today is this, who's supporting you and who are you supporting? Who's supporting you and who are you supporting? Because who you're supporting and who's supporting you says a lot about you. Let me uh, illustrate it this way. We, we love our celebrities. You know, Hollywood, they just have everything dialed in, right? You know, okay, I said that very sarcastically. But here's, they're going to help me out a little bit. For instance, this first picture I have, this lady is by the name of Kim Kardashian. 
Okay, now she's the top five influencer on Instagram. Okay, that means she has very many people follow stuff. And uh, here's an interesting bit. Charmin actually endorsed her and she endorsed Charmin, you know, like the toilet paper. Anybody else think that's kind of funny? Kim Kardashian, toilet paper, you know, like kind of interesting. Or then you also have this one too, Justin Bieber. Between his song singing worship and now we don't really know what's going on, but we know at one point in his life, he endorsed nails. You know, like nail polish, it's kind of weird. I don't, I don't know if that's really my flavor of music. I like Pastor, Pastor Steph up here. He's the kind of guy that's like, I want to go shoot a hog with a bow. I'm not really much of a, hey, let's paint our nails kind of guy. Or then we also have uh, John Cena. Now, if you know anything about me, I'm a little indifferent when it comes to these shoes known as Crocs. Uh, growing up, people wouldn't wear Crocs. Now they're like all the rage, and that's cool. But now that I know John Cena, this WWE wrestler, this man, this guy who's large and in charge, endorses Crocs, I'm like, I might have to go try me a pair, right? See, what you support, what you endorse matters. Let me put a little practical for us, because sometimes we're like, well, but Pastor Blake, the endorsement deals aren't really coming my way. Well, let me put it this way. Whoever is writing on your job description whoever is uh, maybe supporting you or being a reference when you're applying for a job is, says, is saying something about you. Whoever uh, is giving you the stamp of approval, that authority figure in your life who's saying, good job, well done, they're endorsing you. Or maybe it's that moment you're looking and you're trying to uh, start a business Whoever's giving you seed money in that business to pursue your dreams, to be entrepreneurial, they're saying they support you. See, who's supporting you and what you're supporting matters. The Apostle Paul in Galatians, he is uh, uh, looked at as this individual who always had to fight to be heard. He didn't necessarily seem like he was one of the 12. People didn't really accept him whenever he would come and preach and teach. People would say, well, P Apostle Paul, you're, you're not really the guy. Like, we get it. Like, you're okay. And so Paul in Galatians relives this council moment that he has in Jerusalem. He goes and he meets with the patriarchs of the church, Peter, James, and John, and they endorse Paul. Now, this is important because what it's saying for whenever Paul would preach, whenever Paul would teach, the, the, the people that mattered supported him. The people that cared supported him. The people that understood truth supported him. The people that knew wisdom supported him. The apostle Paul was accepted and it mattered. It brought this solidification in what he communicated. So today, I want to talk to you about this idea of support. See, when it comes to the right support, number one, we need to seek out leaders with a godly reputation. We need to seek out leaders with a godly reputation. Some of the greatest catastrophes in life are when you go to the wrong source for support. When you go to the wrong people and you expect wisdom to be poured into you, but they're not really the people you should be listening to. Look at what Paul does in chapter 2, verse 1. 
Then 14 years later, I went back to Jerusalem again, this time with Barnabas. Now, this is Paul's colleague, a very encouraging individual. That's what Barnabas means. And then also a disciple, and Titus came along too. I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. While I was there, I met privately with those considered to be leaders of the church and shared with them the message I had been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that we were in agreement for fear that all my efforts had been wasted and I was running a race for nothing. And they supported me, highlight that word, supported me, and did not even demand that my companion Titus be circumcised, though he was a Gentile. Now, you might be new to church, you're like, whoa, that word circumcision, that's there in the Bible. Basically, what is happening here in this text, in this uh, uh, moment in the church's history, is that these Judaizers were infiltrating the church. They were speaking that you have to follow these ritualistic rules, laws, ordinances in order to have a relationship with Jesus. And Paul comes in and says, that wasn't the revelation spoken to me. Jesus appeared in Paul's life and says uh, if that, and demonstrated and, and led Paul to have this encounter that forever would change his life. Now, it's important for us to remember, Paul didn't have a Bible and say, let me look back here in this chapter and in this verse. Paul had a revelation. So he had to lead his life with the revelation of what Jesus spoke into his life. To me, we have it relatively easy. We have a whole map that's printed, put in chapters, different leather binding that we can follow along. We have different versions that we can follow along in our phone. Paul had to depend on his revelation and then also lean into some godly people to support him. See, we need people in our lives who pour into our lives. The loudest advice column that you should have in your life is someone of godly reputation. My question to you is, who's ever pouring into your life is, do they have a godly reputation? Phil, Missouri. Hey, Mom, I want to move to Las Vegas. You'd be like, no, you are not. 
See, I could just see it kind of turning in her, her face when I approached her about this, like, I do not know about this decision for my 22-year-old son. See, fortunately, I'm lucky that I have a, a mom that supports me in anything that I pursue, but I also want to encourage you in your life, you need people who support you to pursue what God's called you to pursue. And I want to... Uh, just pause and if you have people who are reputable in your life and they're pouring into your life and maybe telling you you shouldn't be making that decision I want to encourage you to maybe need to lean into that caution a little bit and, and, and notice you don't always need to go to your best friends and ask for their advice Paul doesn't Paul goes into influential people of the church and ask for their advice. He goes to Peter, who was in Jesus' inner circle, who walked on water, who cut off an ear of a, centuri- of a, of a guard, he, who saw miracle after miracle, who was one of the first called by Jesus, and he says, okay, I'll listen to that guy. And then he goes into this man by the name of James. Paul leans into Jesus' half-brother. I think the half-brother knows a little bit something about Jesus as well. And then he goes to this guy by the name of John. This man, John, now this is what's cool about John. He's known as a son of thunder. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, I'm going to go get some advice from a son of thunder. We need people that can pour into our lives. Notice they weren't Paul's best friends. They didn't tell Paul exactly what they needed to hear, but he leaned in and he sought people of reputable, godly character. Proverbs 15, says this, without counsel, plans fall, but with many advisors, they succeed. And I think it's important to note, Paul didn't just go to one guy, he went to multiple people. It's not just this one person's opinion that should uh, lead our life, but it should be a collective agreement of the right support in your life. But then we also need to be on the other side. Remember, I asked you to be in a position of a person who needs support and a person who gives support. We also need to, in our lives, be people who are willing to give support. When someone comes to us, what's our response? See, look at what Paul did. He goes to Peter, James, and John, right? These pillars of the church. But then he brings with him this man by the name of Titus. Now, if you know anything about Titus, there's a book in the Bible in Titus in the New Testament. He's known as a disciple of Paul, a child of Paul. Who's he bringing with him to have this encounter? Titus. Who are you bringing along in your life that you are giving support to? Some of you have the greatest wisdom there is to listen to for the next generation. I'm encouraging you. Are you speaking into that next generation? Are you sharing with them maybe some of the things? Are you inviting them to coffee? Or maybe there's a neighbor who's around your age that you can say, hey, I want to connect with you. I want to give back. I want to support you. I want to be a part of your life. See, Paul, time and time again, this man by the name of Timothy, he pours into. This man by the name of Titus, he pours into. See, I I have this saying that we go with is DMD. Disciples make disciples. Our whole reason, part of the reason we, uh, I would say the whole reason we meet here is because we believe that along the way that our goal 
is to uh, know Jesus so much, to understand his word so great and so devout in our lives that we can be placed in any city at any location and make disciples. Last week we celebrated baptisms. People are taking their first step. They're going public with their faith. They're saying, yep, I'm signing up for team Jesus. I made him the Lord and leader of my life. But see, the, the, the journey is beginning. That God doesn't just want them here, say, hey, you got baptized and now you just show up to church on a Sunday. But no, you are now working your way to be someone that is a devout individual that's grown in character of Christ. Look what Hebrews says, Hebrews in chapter 5, it says in verse 12, and we talked about this in our, our culture course, Growth Check, you have been a believer so long, now that you ought to be teaching others. Are we teaching people with our character? Are we teaching people with the way we lead our lives, the way we raise our families, with what we do in our lives? We need to be those individuals that give the right support in the way we lead our lives. We need to be people of reputable, godly character, leaders of godly reputation. Number two, when it comes to the right support, we need to focus on the right voices. Focus on the right voices. You'll have to work to hear the right voice in your life. Galatians 2 verses 4 through 5 says this, even that question came up only because of some so-called believers there, false ones really, this is Paul speaking, who were secretly brought in. They sneaked in to spy on us and take away the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. They wanted to enslave us and force us into follow their Jewish regulations, is what we mentioned, circumcision. But we refused to give to them for a single moment. We wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you. You have to work to focus on the right voices. Paul is pursuing his call. He's leading out the revelation that was given and entrusted to him. And when he's doing that, Judaizers are coming in and saying, Paul, you're wrong. Paul, you're missing it. And they're actually trying to sway these other patriarchs of the church, Peter, James, and John. We see this in Acts 15, and Galatians is a snapshot of that. And, and, and this is what I want to say. Whenever you're doing something right, critics are going to come. Whenever you're leading and loving and learning about God, hell is going to be up in arms, frustrated, mad, irritated, doing everything they can to impose its will on your life so that you will not have a relationship with Jesus. Like when we have baptisms right over here, I tell the people, I said, you know what you're signing up? You're saying you're going to be an enemy of hell. We see this in Matthew chapter 13 parable of the weeds. In the parable of the weeds, Jesus is teaching about that there's some great good vegetation that grows up, but along good vegetation is also the weeds. If you've ever had a garden, you know that. Now the danger part is this, whenever you pull a weed and it's been grafted in for a while, it can also pull out the healthy vegetation. What Jesus is saying is, and he goes on and he says, no, you don't need to pull out the weed because you're just going to have to let that grow up. There's people that are supporting you in your life who maybe don't agree with some of the decisions that you know God's calling you to do. 
There's people that are maybe speaking into your life that you need to evaluate and saying, is that right, godly reputation, someone that I need to listen to? So uh, a lot of times we get misled thinking that we need certain individuals to hurt certain uh, points in our life to help us and to lead us. They either hold that role, but sometimes the closest people to us can also be the, not the most right voice. See, Paul was living out his call, and Judaizers came in and spoke in to that call. I look at this past week for us. There are some great things that are happening. We had baptisms. We had 16 people sign up. 16 people showed up. Like, it, it, it's kind of like awesome. But you know what happened at 9 o'clock last Sunday? Tornadoes. I think I counted six or seven that I saw in the news the other night that appeared here. It's nine o'clock in the morning, and this place is so loud for those who showed up. This place is so loud that I'm like, oh man, I hear the phones. The rain is coming down. I hear phones of the emergency signal going off. Vr, vr, you know, seek shelter. It's like tornado warning. I'm like, this is awesome. We have baptisms during the tornado. This actually really stunk. Like, it's frustrating. We have students. We have Wednesday. We had a, our future night. Give it up for our youth ministry. Like, let's go. <laughs> Pastor Chris and their team, they're killing it. They're doing amazing work. They had 106 students show up in our upper room over here. Over 40-some new first-time guests. I mean, like, they, I was like, I want to be a youth student again. Like, that's how cool it was. And yet, I got some interesting comments. Some that kind of were like, oh man, that kind of hurts. Like, let's celebrate the win. We kicked off groups over here the past couple weeks. Over 30, about 30 groups that we kind of formalized and got rolling and got going. Some have been going for a while. And God's doing awesome things, forming community. If there's some interesting dynamics said about that. There's also moments when we're doing things to be innovative and, and try to spread our reach in the digital age when COVID keeps striking up and keeps going. And I just want to encourage you that when you're doing things right, critics are going to come. When you're following Jesus, critics are going to come. I also want to encourage you, be someone with the right voice. Remember at the beginning I said you got to be in both places? Someone who needs support, someone who gives support. Thomas Edison, this famous inventor, we know him, the Edison Estates. What's he famous for? The light bulb. Some of you didn't know that answer. Well, I'm sorry. But you know what he also invented? The ghost machine and the electric pen. You probably didn't know that because they failed. See, part of that with... Thomas Edison example, imagine if he would have just leaned into those voices that maybe spoke against him, this negativity, we never would have had the light bulb. Proverbs 13.3 says this, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. If you've been a follower of Jesus for some time, it is vital that you are saying the right thing, that you're growing, that you're knowing in wisdom, that you're the right voice in someone's life. You can breathe life. James talks about the, the tongue being a rudder in, someone, in our lives. 
Are we saying the right things to people? Are we being people of encouragement? Are we cheering people on? Are, are we giving people high fives? Are we helping direct and guide and lead people? I want to encourage you, be the right voice and be the right support. Number three, when it comes to it, steward what God has entrusted to you. Steward what God has entrusted to you. Remember, Paul is on a call and he is stewarding that call to go and preach to these Gentiles, people who are far from God. In Galatians 2, 6 through 8, we see he continues, and the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what I was preaching. So Peter, James, and John all agreed with Paul's revelation and what he was teaching. By the way, the reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God has no favorites. And look in verse 7, I love these two words that are coming up. Instead, they saw that God had given me the responsibility of preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel to the Gentiles as far as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. For the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as the apostle to the Gentiles. Notice Paul, if you remember about 14 years where Paul gets his um, uh, uh, between this moment that he's talking about. 14 years, Paul's living on mission, he's for mission, he's been charged with this revelation, he's going, he's going, he's going. And the, and the apostles, the leaders, people of godly reputation, they spoke into his life because they saw him actively living it out. I want to encourage you. We need to be entrusted, we need to be good stewards of what's already been placed before us. If you're a grandparent in this room and uh, I want to encourage you, if little Johnny ever comes to you and says, hey, I have this business proposal, I want to challenge you to tell little Johnny, let me see this business proposal all written out, mapped out. What are you working to do and accomplish and to complete? Give me your first year goals, second year goals, third year goals. If little Johnny doesn't have that mapped out before he presents you and asks for some money, then you know what's going to happen to little Johnny's business? It's going to be a dud. With the steward, look what Paul is doing in his life. He's living for Jesus. He's, he's preaching Jesus. He didn't wait for the patriarchs of the church to say, hey, go and do this and then we'll support you. He was already doing it. And if you're little Johnny in the room, I want to encourage you, go back to the drawing room and, and drawing board and start mapping out your business plan. There's a story in the Old Testament, this man by the name of Achan, uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but uh, the Israelites, they're given this order to walk around Jericho, the city collapses, they went, and they put all the devout things in the center of the city, and, and basically what happens is uh, Achan steals from the pile the loot, and then whenever they uh, go to the next battle, they lose. The whole nation suffered. Everybody was with defeat because this one guy didn't steward what was entrusted to him. He sinned against God. See, it's vital that whenever we have something that we're entrusted with, if it's a gift, if it's knowledge, that we are stewarding what God has placed in our path. So when it comes to being in a person of support, are, are you stewarding what God has given to you? And 
Secondly, are you also being a person who is that, uh, that individual looking for help in this area? And number four for us when it comes to the right support this morning is this, is we need to surround ourselves with people who are encouraging. Surround yourself with encouraging people. Encouragement, I want to be very clear, is not a cheerleader. Encouragement isn't having someone in your corner with with pom-poms and telling everything you need to know. That's not encouragement. Look at what Galatians 2, 9 through 10 says. In fact, James, Peter, and John, who were known as pillars of the church, recognized the gift God had given me. This is Paul talking. Paul has this gift on his life. Paul has this gift of revelation from Jesus. And they accepted Barnabas. They accepted me. They accepted, they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. Their only suggestion was that we keep helping the poor, which I was already been eager to do. Surround yourself with encouraging people. Look what Paul does. He brings this man by the name of Barnabas. Barnabas is this encourager. Paul goes and they, the, the patriarchs, these legends of the faith, they say, Paul, you are now a co-worker. We're with you. We endorse you. We accept you. We stand by you. See, this is what we need to capture. Encouragement is giving someone confidence or boldness to do something. Encouragement is giving somebody confidence and boldness to do something. Who are you encouraging today? to do something that they never even maybe thought they would do? Who are you giving boldness to? I, I, can, I can see the Apostle Paul, he's probably, like, we have to understand, look at his framework. No Bible, he's marching through, he's going into these synagogues, he's going in these cities, he's teaching, he's preaching. People would already label him as someone who would go and, and kill Christians, this persecutor. But then alongside him, he has this companion, this encourager by the name of Barnabas. And Barnabas is saying, Paul, we can do it. Like, let's go, Paul. Let's get this done, Paul. Paul, don't give up. You preach. You preach the revelation you're given, Paul. I can imagine Paul being a person who at time or another, through what he faced, needed support. See, when it comes to support, we all need support. Psalms 27, 1 says this, and as we get ready to wrap up and close, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? The greatest support where you can start right now is having a relationship with Jesus. If you haven't started a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you to do that. We simply believe here at at Faith that we believe that Jesus went to the cross for each and every one of us. He atoned for our sins, that three days later, he raised from the grave, defeating death, disease, hell, bridging the gap between us and God, that rather than us going to the cross, Jesus went to the cross. Because Jesus did that radical act, we don't have to. 
because Jesus loves us so much, we can start a relationship with him, therefore we can be made right with God. And I wanna encourage you no matter where you're at, let's start there. If you're someone far from God, maybe checking us out for the first time, whatever the case might be, my hope for you right now is that you have a relationship with him, that you start a personal relationship with him. That's where the greatest support begins. And secondly, we also have to be individuals who are giving support. That you have people who support what God has called you to do. That you're, you're pursuing what God's placed in your life. Maybe it's business, maybe it's ministry, maybe it's just ministering to a neighbor, a colleague, a friend, whatever a case might be. Our hope for you is that you pursue that and you have a support system around you to do that. We talked about the call last week, how Paul was entrusted, as he was called. But we also come to a real understanding that there is some of us, I said it time and time again throughout this morning, some of you have led an amazing life. Our hope for you is that you continue to pour back, that you're a person of encouragement, that you're challenging people to go out of their comfort zone, to live with boldness and confidence. Who's that person in your mind that you need to think about right now? Maybe it's your children. I know for me, as a father, one of the driving forces of my actions is, what would my kids think if they saw this action? Do I wanna encourage and bring life into their life? Or do I wanna go the other way? This morning we're gonna conclude in a song and When we sing, I, I just want to challenge you to be open to what God's doing in this moment, speaking in your heart and your life. Maybe you need to start a relationship. Maybe you need to be someone who's more encouraging. Maybe you need to look at your support system and look how you're supporting others. Because see, some of us are on mission, for mission, have a great call in your life, and you need people to help you along that way. We all need somebody. And we all need to be somebody, somebody. So this morning, I'm going to wrap up in prayer. And then we're going to have a moment of reflection as Pastor Steph leads us in, in a word. And I'll come back with some closing remarks. But we pray with me. And if you feel, just bow your head and close your eyes. Let's give God the time right now. God, right now, we say thank you for giving us this opportunity to celebrate your name to celebrate all the goodness that you've provided for us by giving us your son, Lord. Lord, I pray for those individuals right now who are in this place because they need support. I pray that you saturate their lifestyle, their lives, the people in their circle, that you bring them the right and proper support, Lord. Lord, I also pray that you be with us and give us encouragement and boldness to be the support of people who might be hurting, people who might be lost, people might need a helping hand. That we can pour into the lives of our neighbors, our friends, our church members. Lord, lead us through this process. Guide us, Lord. As we're reminded today as Paul, who lived out his call and was accepted by the disciples. Lord, I pray
pray that you just give us that passion and boldness and confidence to do what we're called to do. And Lord, I can't say it enough, and we pray about it over every week, but those making a decision right now to follow you, who are saying, God, we want to begin a relationship with you. God, we believe in you. Lord, I pray that you just bless their lives right now. Give them a boldness to take the next steps. Lord, we give you this time right now in your great and holy name we all say. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.